0: traits that God says, say God says, says. Uh, say God says, that God says are qualities of true love. The Holy Spirit has used the Apostle Paul to list these qualities in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we've taken a hard look at the first 11 of them and can I tell you these are tough. These qualities, these characteristics of true love can be very difficult, very challenging to incorporate into our lives. And I've come to the conclusion that that true love takes serious effort. That true love takes hard work. And true love takes a trust in God to enable us to love this way. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 13. I'm just going to begin in verse 4 where the Bible says love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Say that with me. Love never fails. Let's pray. Lord, we've all experienced at one point of our life perhaps a love that's failed. But, Lord, we can trust you this morning that your love never fails. Help us, Lord, to love like you do and to show other people the love of your Son, Christ Jesus, so that you will be glorified and honored in their lives. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Today we're going to look at the last five qualities of love that God says are qualities of love, but instead of examining them individually like I have been doing, uh, we're going to make three connecting statements about love. Uh, these three statements connect all five of these qualities and they give us some clarity about them and I believe they're all interrelated. The first general statement about these last five is this, love has faith in other people. Love has faith in other people. You see, real love sees the best. Real love sees the best and believes the best in other people. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things, and it endures all things. I don't believe that this quality is ever been more adequately displayed than in the life of a man named Barnabas, who before Saul, the persecutor of Christians, became Paul, the preacher of the gospel, actually showed his love. You see, before Paul was converted to faith in Christ Jesus, he encouraged and he approved the brutal persecution of many Christian believers. He was uh truly converted, but they couldn't they, they just didn 't believe him they just didn 't believe him uh, One man in particular, Stephen, was stoned to death while Paul held their coats so you can understand that that when Saul, when Paul said that he was converted, believers were skeptical they didn 't really believe him was he truly converted or was he just pretending? so that he could persecute him some more which was it i think they were understandably reluctant to open their hearts to paul and receive him into their fellowship but barnabas wasn't that way barnabas wasn't that way barnabas instantly believed in paul and instantly placed himself in paul's corner he believed in giving a person a second chance You may have heard this poem that illustrates the importance of building people up. It raises the question of whether you or I will tear people down or build people up. Listen carefully. I watched some men tearing a building down, a group of men in my hometown, with a heave and a hoe and a mighty yell. They swung the ball and the side wall fell. I asked the foreman, Are these men skilled? The type you'd hire if you want to build? And he smiled and laughed and said, No, indeed. Common laborer is all I need. For we can tear down in a day or two what it took a builder years to do. As I turned, I shook my head. I knew there was truth in what he said. I thought to myself as I walked away, which of these roles am I going to play? Am I a builder as I work with care, measuring life by the rule and square? Am I shaping my deeds to a well-shaped plan, carefully doing the best that I can? Or am I a wrecker as I walk the town, content with the labor of tearing down? Exercising faith In other people builds them up. Exercising faith in other people means we're going to see the best in them. While it means that we're going to see the best in them, it also means that we're going to place our trust in them even after they break our trust. I see that Jesus did this with his disciples. While he lived among them, they were different as night and day. Some days they look like super saints. Other days, they look like miserable failures. But as Jesus prepared to leave earth and return to heaven, he assigned to those very disciples the task of spreading his name throughout the whole world. He trusted them even after they broke his trust. You know, that gives me hope. That though I am a miserable failure sometimes, Jesus loves me enough to give me a second chance. He loves me enough to to trust me again. You know, in the army, soldiers uh, have to first go through boot camp. And one of the requirements that must be achieved before leaving boot camp is the mastering of the ropes course. The goal for your group in the ropes course is to move through a series of obstacles that builds trust and a sense of teamwork. One of the most challenging of these obstacles is what is called the trust platform. At this obstacle, each person takes turns climbing up to a six-foot platform, crossing their arms in front of each other, turning their back, and falling backwards into the waiting arms of their friends. Can't speak for you, but that's trust. That is trust, knowing that they are going to catch you. That takes a great deal of trust. But that is what occurs, friends, in healthy relationships. We trust the other people with our very lives. In fact, I can remember, uh, just before I proposed to Janet, her brother Rusty had called and, and Rusty asked me this one question. He said, Would you die for Janet? And I said, Yes, I would die for Janet. But what he was doing was not just testing my love for her. He was also testing my trust in her that I was willing to give my life knowing that I could trust her to help me when I get down. I realized, friends, that Many factors affect our ability to trust other people. You've been burnt once. You don't want to get burnt again, do you? But our trust, while our trust is often abused, while our trust is betrayed, while our trust is broken, perhaps stolen, the Bible still calls us to trust. We must follow the example of Christ and trust. Think about victims of child abuse. They have an understandable problem trusting others. Consider the victims of financial scams, they have logical reasons for not trusting others. But true love gives a second chance and a third and a fourth and a fifth, and a sixth, and a seventh, even seven times 70. True love gives trust a second chance. But not only does love have faith in people, your second general statement is this. Love takes guts. Amen? Love takes guts. Love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. True love displays a certain spirit of intestinal fortitude. And fortitude requires that we forbear with others. That we bear with one another. And to forbear means to hold back or be tolerant with other people. When we forbear, we tolerate other people's behavior. Amen? Husbands, I need some feedback. Husbands, tell me some things that you must accept about your wives. I can wait you out, so just go ahead. Tell me some things that you must accept about your wives. Husbands, come on. All right, that's the way you want to be. (laughs) huh? Yeah, they better choose the words carefully. why don't you go first? Huh? <laughs> you want me to go first? Yeah. Who she is? You have to accept who she is. Very good. What else?
1: <laughs>
0: what? I can go first. I have to accept the fact that there's a lot of pillows in our house. the dark I've heard some men say that they have to accept their, their, their wife's cooking. <laughs> or their wife's lack of cooking. Amen? What about, what about ladies? What have you got to accept about your husbands? Oh, no. Does he leave things laying around? Oh, I don't believe it for a second. Um... What about undone honeydew lists? Nagging. Nagging. Okay, here we go. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to crank it up over there in that household, all right? Sorry, y'all. Uh, are there any guys that have a problem with gadgets? No? Um, things laying around. All right, let's move on. Parents, tell me some things that you have to accept about your teenagers. <laughs> What about a Judy word? Time of bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only asked for one. Stacy. Their mouth. Their mouth. <laughs> I heard Judge Judy say that, that how do you know when a teenager's lying? Whenever they're moving their mouth? <laughs> their messy room. Their messy room. Very good. What else? Their attitude. their attitude. What else? They know it all. They know it all. Amen. think well, the, they didn't do, right? All right, teenagers, there's a few of you left in here. What have you got to accept about your parents? Their rules. rules. Too many rules, right? What about it, Christina? What do you got to accept about your parents? They're nagging, amen. Hey, what about it back there, Britt? Huh? She said, I'm keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> yes? Okay, she's buttering you up. All right. What's the point? We have to tolerate people's behavior when we love them. Okay? Jesus, I believe, is our example of forbearance, of of being tolerant with other people. Just remember Jesus' relationship to those who were closest to him, his disciples. Remember that. He had to tolerate their unreliable behavior right until the point that he hung on the cross. Think about it. The last hours before Christ was to be crucified, he went to the garden to pray. He instructed his disciples, sit here, watch and pray. And then he goes on a little bit further for a time of private prayer and he returns and he finds them fast asleep. Even as Jesus was being persecuted and tried before going to the cross, the disciples, those closest to Jesus, show their true colors. In the crucial moments when they could have spoken a personal, positive word for the Lord, they turned their backs on Him and denied any knowledge of Him and it wasn't just Peter. Yet he continued to believe in them. He continued to trust them. There are ways that We can deny the Lord in our lives today. And if you think real hard about your life, you can find ways that you've denied the Lord through disobedience, through lack of service, not showing others love. And in doing so, you've done the same thing as the disciples have done. You let him down. But Jesus continues to believe in you. He's very forbearing. And the Bible encourages us to forbear. Walking worthy of the calling with which we were called. With all lowliness and gentleness. With all long suffering, Bearing with one another in love, the Bible says. That means making allowance for each other's faults. Anybody else have any faults? There's three, four, five, six, seven. Amen. Making allowance for each other's faults. Showing tolerance with each other. Sometimes they have to show tolerance with one another. But forbearance is a sign of love. It's a sign of love that requires a spirit of steadfastness. It requires a spirit of endurance. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 7, that word endure there. That word endure is actually a military word. It's a military term that was used when an army held a vital position at all costs. Every hardship, every suffering was to be endured as they held fast. True love holds fast. True love endures all things at all costs. Love stands against overwhelming opposition and refuses to stop bearing with, refuses to stop believing in, refuses to stop hoping in. Love will not stop loving. Love takes guts. And I don't think this can be pictured any more beautifully than when the husband of a a husband or wife vows to remain faithful to the other even when one is stricken with a horrible disease like Alzheimer's or cancer. Love endures all things, it bears all things, it hopes all things, it believes all things. You ever heard of John Akwari? I didn't think so because neither had I. But John was chosen to run a marathon for his country, Tanzania, back in the 1968 Olympics. And while running that marathon, John fell and received horrible cuts and bruises. The medics came and they bandaged him up and he got up and continued to run. He ended up finishing that race long after the winners were even announced. And a reporter came up to him and asked him, Why would you continue to run the race after you were so badly injured? And John said, My country did not send me 7,000 miles to begin a race. They sent me to finish the race. True love finishes the race. True love endures to the end. True love finishes. And there's a beautiful poem that applies this truth to our lives as well. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, you want to smile, but you have to cry, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Love finishes the race. Love endures all things. Believes all things. Bears all things. Love has faith in other people. And friend, love takes guts. But your third statement for today is love is victorious. When I read those last five qualities, I hear a ring of victory. Love bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Love endures all things. But that note of victory rings out clearest in the last one. Love never fails. Never fails. Friend, wouldn't it be nice if you could invest in a stock that performs well every year? It never takes a dive. It always shows a profit. Wouldn't it be nice if you could take a pill that was guaranteed to keep you from getting cancer? Wouldn't it be nice if you could work for a company that offers nothing but positive benefits? You never get tired of going to work. You never have any negative experiences. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if you pulled for a team that always won? Now I'm a Gator fan and right now they ain't winning. Boy, I wish they would. I wish I had a team that always won. They never have a bad year. They never go into a slump. Boy, it would be nice if everything went our way. But it doesn't. However, the Bible says, Love never fails. Say that with me. It's a victorious element in love. Now I know some of you are one step ahead of me and you're thinking, you know, Brother Bill, I tried love and it failed. I tried marriage, I gave it my best effort and it failed. My relationship with my boss failed. Had a good job, gave it my best effort, but it didn't work out. Sometimes we do our very best, but our best isn't good enough. So how can you say, Brother Bill, that love is victorious? Well, love is victorious when you're focused on God's love. When you live life focused on God's love, you'll never go wrong. Take, for example, a woman who is married with an alcoholic husband. He's abusive, disgusting in his behavior. He wastes all the family money on alcohol. He's impossible to live with. She's done her very best to love him, done her best to remain faithful to him. However, he leaves her for another woman. Has her love failed? Not at all. If you seek to exemplify God's love, you will never go wrong. If that lady lived by God's law of love, her love will be victorious. Sometime, somewhere, someplace, that lady's love's going to win out. That man's going to realize what he's done. That man's going to be convicted by his failure. That man's going to be convicted by his sin. Because see friends, just because other people violate God's law of love does not mean your love has failed. Love always wins out. Love never fails. Love will always be victorious. But sometimes we measure success or failure by the way circumstances turn out. But circumstances do not dictate whether something is a success or failure. When you live by God's love, you got this north star to follow. You got this principle centered life that's much greater than your circumstances. Just take Jesus, for example. Jesus certainly lived a life of love. Jesus never did anything wrong. Jesus never said an unkind word. But in spite of His goodness, they hung Him on the cross. And He was treated in a savage way. And as He hung on the cross, He was able to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even after being treated so savagely and nailed to a cross... He was able to offer forgiveness for the very ones who nailed him there. The law of love gives you a principle-centered life. You live for God's glory. You live to reflect the love of Jesus to other people. You have a different reason for living. Our lives ought to be principle-centered. Centered on the Lord's love. And when that's the case, love is victorious. When when that's the case, love will be victorious. See, in any relationship you have, the ultimate goal ought to be living to honor God. Our primary goal is not to honor our husband or wife. Our primary goal is not to honor other people. Our primary goal is living to honor God. Will your husband and your wife and other people be honored by that? Yes! But the principal goal, is to live in a way that honors God. As I read these 15 qualities of love, there's only one person I can think of that fulfills all 15. Only Jesus. Only Jesus fulfilled all 15. He's the only one. And I want you to know this morning that He's not giving up hope on you. He still believes in you. He's going to bear with you, hopes in you, and believes in you. Because God's love never fails. As I close, there are two verses of Scripture that come to my mind. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Let us run with perseverance that race that is set before us. Get this. Look into Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one that can enable you to love God's way. Another verse. And thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord. We always associate victory with performance circumstances or perhaps our behavior but friends if that's the case we'll never experience victory victory comes when we focus our lives on God's love and God's truth and God's truth says this God's truth declares the gospel which we receive which we stand and in which we are saved that we we believe if we believe that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and he rose again on the third day, we will have victory. We'll have victory today and we'll have victory eternally. Maybe you're saying, Brother Bill, I'm not experiencing no victory. My life is one back-to-back challenge after another one. Can I challenge you this morning to focus your life and live your life in a way that honors God and focus on the love of God and the truth of God, that He believes in you and He desires a relationship with you more than any other person on this earth. So now the the decision lies with you. Do you desire that relationship with the one Who can make your life victorious. Love has faith in other people. Love takes guts. But love is always victorious. Always. Let us pray.